I'm Henry Gilbert, and I'm the fastest podcaster alive, and welcome to <laughs> Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast on the Laser Time Network with me, Henry Gilbert. Love those old sounds. This was quite a day to use the fastest podcaster alive when I delayed the start time for about 30 minutes. You wanted to watch it, wrestling. It's yeah. understandable. Well, hey, but, and I'm here with... Christopher is he's yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> too long. And then also, uh, special third man. Dave Devil Rudden. Dave Devil, I guess. And Ed McMahon. God, that's, that music is so good. It makes me ah, so happy. correct, sir. <laughs> you are correct. Uh, boy, um, so... Before we get into comics, I wanted to say this was a cool week for alternative or for for weird comedy. If you like, like, first off, Last uh, Man on Earth got renewed. Uh-huh. I'm surprised by that. Second, with Bob and David got announced, like four episodes of Can barely Mr. Show. The comics, Last Man on Earth, I have. I think that's a very comic booky show that wouldn't mm-hmm. exist without. Like, I mean, it was like based, there was Why the Last Man. It, it, it seems very like yeah. Why the Last Man is a straight comedy. And yeah. then lastly, Arrested Development, 17 more episodes. Maybe. Oh, boy. According yeah. to... I hope and, they can actually get the cast together for some of those. That'd be nice. They're all too famous now. No, I think, uh, I think, I think Netflix will pony up. They do. Well, also, like, uh, and it was presented by Brian Glazer, who looks like the Joker. So it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and and that's related. To I saw Fast and the Furious Seven, which to we me seems like the like I said it last week, but it's very comic booky in that Dave and I streamed a Lost game today, which I hate uh-huh. Lost because it pretended to be something with a point, uh-huh. but ended up being like a comic <laughs> book. On. I can't. Right. I can't. We're like, like I can't we're like defend loss anymore. What is comic book storytelling? That's well, comic book storytelling is like is like. Well, hey guys, th- we need a premise that never ends, <laughs> and that's why he- heroics are so. Mm-hmm. Very, they work in that very well. Like here's a hero, and he's going to do this week after week, and we're going to amp, we're going to amp this up and amp that up. Whereas Lost like instantly teased a mystery. I'm sorry that, that it never Lost addressed. didn't reboot itself every year like comic books did. <laughs> that, that is happening. You're right, but like for for a while that, that didn't happen. Every like, three years. But yeah. Fast and the Furious is literally a movie that had to deal with the death of a person playing that person yeah. and they're gonna keep going and like they keep adding people. and honestly they should just bring that person back because he's he's so great they, they already should. did they it should. before they did they well he's a CGI Frankenstein anyway in the movie I would like, say 20% no, no, no. Paul we're, Walker in we're that talking movie. about I thought we we're talking about the guy who died in Fast 3 and they ha- they basically oh, made 4, Han. 5, Han. and 6 mm-hmm. around him Fast around 7 is, is the death. first movie to take place after Fast 3 yeah Period or within Fast Three, yeah, it does both, like it does both, both before and after, yeah, with one weird scene where a guy who was in a movie what ten, fifteen, mm. no, it's probably ten years, ten years ago, ten years ago, has to play himself minutes after, the, minutes after mm-hmm. ten years, it it but nobody likes that all. guy, so it does nobody yeah. cares, but like. it's but there's a lot of things that like the Fast series doesn't care whether you. Whether a, whether a critic will accept that or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, several times in the movie, Vin Diesel has superpowers. Yeah. yeah. He can destroy uh, asphalt. He can lift whole cars using only his muscly his body. His fight with The Rock, though. That's like it's a... That, that's two superheroes fighting. Yes. Vin Diesel okay. versus The Rock with well, they all, Well, hands. I mean, all the fights in it were superheroes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. everybody... That's... No, but Vin uh, Diesel expressed superpowers mm. for the first time. <laughs> he did. He did. He... He collapsed a parking garage with his foot. And he lived. And he lived. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's, I can't, 
uh, and I can't suggest that movie enough. It's like, so good. Yeah. It is so much fun, but it's also. I, I can't articulate this very well, but it's also, and to me, it's very comic booky because, like, they didn't know they were going to get to this place when they started. It's just they yeah. keep escalating, they keep That's dealing true. with with uh, with conflict, and even outside stuff like like the death of a major actor. In the when movie. they when they created Fantastic Four, they weren't envisioning Fantastic Four mm-hmm. two hundred. No, exactly. And it just kept growing and expanding and from there. I think that's how the comics I grew up with sort of worked. Like, we have to up this ante every time we present ourselves to an audience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really appreciate about Fast and the Furious. Yeah, and that, and then also, like, The Rock is just unapologetic. Like, I'm a Terminator. Like, oh, I decide my arm isn't broken anymore. Boop, there, done. Like, that's just... Ah, uh, great movie. I, uh, our old pal Shane too is just like I think he was glad he finally had us on the bandwagon because mm-hmm. I remember he he was talking up the fast movies like with Fast oh. Five or something, and I was definitely of the mind. I was of, on like, board with Fast Five. I when Fast Five came out, I was like, I'm better than this. I don't think it's this. Oh, good. the, the like, first four movies are garbage and terrible. Uh, like I would uh, never watch. Three is okay. It do- look if you saw them when you're a teenager, I'm sure you no, like them. I mean, three They're is unremarkable okay. and terrible three, and speak to young people. Three is interesting because it it, it 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 shows the drift culture in Japan and which I don't believe exists. And I predicted that it would t- the next one would take place in New York, and I believe that's the case yeah. now. It's mm. the only place they haven't gone. That's true. And and it's the only place. It's really yeah. hard. Like the old, that's. This doesn't relate to comic books. What's nope. great about the films and not Michael Bay is the amount of practical effects they're willing to pull off. And you haven't seen a great chase scene in New York in years, and yeah. you don't even know it. Well, I remember with Born Supremacy. I think there is a good or, one. Born. No, well, no, Born Ultimatum. I don't know. In I Born Ultimatum, there is a good chase scene, but I also remember reading about it that, like, it was a big deal. There was this big action movie filmed in New York, mm-hmm. like, not too long after 9 11, mm-hmm. and that. They could only they they had to use a lot of camera tricks because it's like they couldn't drive over fifty five and it was very expensive to block yeah. off any it's any incre- track it's prohibitively expensive except for a movie that makes two hundred dollars in its first week two hundred million two hundred no. sorry two hundred million no, it made like two hundred three hundred dollars man <laughs> uh, it, 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 like two hundred million dollars in the first week filming New York dude blocking traffic I've been in New York plenty of times and I've seen cab drivers honk at stoplights. <laughs> But yeah, fast. You think they're gonna be happy about like blocking off a place for Vin Diesel to pull a sick drift? But Fast and Furious has become like James Bond films now. It's yes. like yeah, they they spend that much. The opulence is part of the fun. Well, yeah, I know. Yes, 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 yes. All right, but let's I get into all right. So listeners of this show, will, uh, who have been telling me for months to watch the Flash. Watch the Flash, watch the Flash. I finally did it, guys. You won, and let me say. I really like it a lot. I it love the way you described show. it to me. Yeah. It, well, okay, so. Because you, you immediately came to me and were like, okay, this show's really good. Yeah. <laughs> this well, is really good. We need to be watching the show. Because it's not. All right. So Smallville was not a good show. No. It was, it was okay as a Dawson's Creek like, it, was like a, it was like a drama that cast teens and then cast the name of Superman to it. Well, and like they were teen and it went for 10 years. And it was like, Superman needs to be Superman. If now, you were a like young age, when you saw, I, I was like 20. My, my buddy who's like 30 is trying to get me to watch it. And I'm like, this is unbearable. I love Superman. I must say right now, I love Lois and you Clark. literally have the Superman curl in the front of you. Yeah, really? Yeah. I can't ever stop But that. yeah, like, he he was the blur. Even when Clark Kent went to the Daily Planet, he's like, no, I'm the blur. I'm not Superman yet, because mm-hmm. the rule was Superman last episode. But mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, The Flash is like, episode one, I am The Flash, the superhero of The Flash who wears a costume and fights <laughs> guys and has a secret identity. But who wears a super authentic costume. Yeah, and I saw the first costume. episode and Are I didn't hate it. able to incorporate all those classic Flash villains? Like, Actually, uh, yes. They, uh, stop. stop. Now, wait, Flash... Wait, I have favorite Flash villains. Flash, really? has an For under, sure. Flash has an underrated rogues gallery. Who's his um, biggest enemy, the slow... The Reverse Flash. <laughs> Professor Zoom. Reverse yep. Flash, does he run fast backwards? Uh, he sometimes does. Actually. Oh, my but, God. But he actually just <laughs> runs fast. But So there's Reverse Flash. There's Captain Cold, Heat Wave, Gorilla Grodd. That's the one. The right, Trickster. One. Um, when you told me Gorilla Grodd. The, well, tr- the Trickster, right. who sounds like the B-grade Riddler. Well, it, he it, is. Because I'm, I was not burned because I'm again, I'm a huge fan of the uh, 1966 Batman series. It is pure comfort food. I was born 20 years over 20 years after that show came out. Mm-hmm. Fucking love it. It's cornball as shit. Uh, there was that one period I had a DC v- VHS tape, and I would record Lois and Clark, Batman uh, 1966, Swamp Thing, and The Flash because they were all airing concurrently mm-hmm. on TV. And The Flash is the one I liked the least. It was. It was the, it was the cheapest, uh, and then. I didn't even recognize who was playing the trickster. I'm like, this is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. If you look up Mark Hamill playing the trickster in the original, it's it, it's it's him doing a lot of work. Like it's admirable now that he yeah. did all that work on camera. Well, he's, he's like using mostly his Joker voice, his like, Joker voice, but he's also using his body a shitload. And that they this show bothered to bring Mark Hamill back to play the trickster yeah, in a bad that, from a right. bad show. Let me get yeah okay. So here's here's the things I like about him. One that the opening of the show uses the thing that started mm-hmm. every Flash comic that I loved in the '90s and 2000s, which is. My name is either Wally West or Barry Allen. I'm the fla- fastest man alive. I'm the Flash. And like, it just does it every time. Like, That's how Flash should start. Yeah, that's how it should that's start. Really cool. Then they... Happy so, Willie. So I only watched the episodes that are on Hulu. I didn't dig up the... I didn't either pay for or find streams, oh. illegal streams of the previous ones. But So the ones on Hulu start with episode 13, which mm-hmm. is the Firestorm episode. And like... Firestorm's just Firestorm. I was like, that's shit, crazy. this is rot. That's Roddy in the dock. Like, they're being fucking Firestorm. Like, that was awesome. That's crazy. And there's another thing, too, that, like, they were, there were a few times where, like, they had a moment of, if this was Smallville, this would be a wink to a thing that would never pay off of, like, mm-hmm. oh, that might be your doomsday <laughs> wink. <laughs> and that you'd never. So, like, Oh, wait, the wrong there's, sound effect. There's this kid in our high school who's growing rocks out of his skin. <laughs> well, they'd have dumb lines like that. Well, meanwhile, on the second part of the Firestorm two-parter, a guy says, like, the last time I used this, he's, he's, he's uh, torturing somebody with a cow prod. And he says, last time I used this was against a gorilla. And I was like, oh, gorilla grod. I bet they're, like, planning this for, like, season two or three. The end of the episode, gorilla grod appears. Like... <laughs> And he's <laughs> and he ha- he's a psychic gorilla. Yeah, and so yeah, uh, it's I just, love gorilla so, gods so much. And Captain Cold is totally correct. And like the long mystery they're telling mm. is really good too. The guy playing Barry is great. I mm. love that guy, and I think he's going to really grow into the role well. And it it plays around with Flash's DC history really well too in ways that are unexpected and expected, but done executed well. And last, like the also, as somebody who loved Law and Order, mm-hmm. having one of the detectives from Law and Order as like who's his that? cop friend on it, the um, the black guy who was partnered with Jerry Orbach, who was also in Rent, mm. yeah. 
boy, uh, I'm striking out with you. Here. Did he get AIDS too? <laughs> what? Did he get AIDS too? Mm, I think he was AIDS, one of the ones AIDS, without AIDS. AIDS. Dave just expressed the extent to what I know about. He runs. was one of the people that dated AIDS. somebody with AIDS. He mm. dated the trans person with AIDS. So the blacks and the gays and the whites and the spades. Okay, checks out. Yeah. Checks out. <laughs> he was the. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I feel terrible at what it just said. Don't you worry about it. It was from Team Wa- America. Watch. Look, Rent is corny as hell, but <laughs> just watch it once. No. It's not bad. No. I, I, haven't, I will watch The Flash before I watch Rent. <laughs> All right. So you will watch neither. Mm-hmm. All right. No, that's so, not true. I, I, so, you yeah. see, my, I had to explain to these guys my workday. I woke up, made an article, distributed commentaries. We did a stream. Now we're at pizza, and now we're recording, and when we're done, it'll be 10 o'clock. Yep. That's how much that's what my day looks like, even though like you got all day to do this shit. Like, well, I did silly shit all day and <laughs> I uh, I, I don't like, I don't consider it work, but it's it's not like it's still time. Anyway, Flash is great. I love the world they're building is is really interesting, like the world they're building that it takes place in the same world mm-hmm. as the arrow as well, and like soon there'll be the atom also, which like it makes it makes the movie DC Universe seem redundant. Like, really? and, and also it just like if they're gonna make a Flash movie, which yeah. one of the rumors is that the the Warner Brothers wants the, said, the Lego he guys. Literally said, duh, 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 like Moose from Archie. Yeah. Uh, they want the Lego guys to do the Flash movie, but you know what do you need? I'm sure they do. I what want do them to do. A, I want Paul Feig to do the Play Doh movie too. What do you want a separate? What do you want a separate Flash thing for when you have like this perfect Flash in this movie, you know, or in the show? Uh, so yeah, I I am enjoying it I much think, more than I thought I would. I will check out Arrow now. I think they'll I think. work. They'll they'll work on a script. They cannot. They cannot. If the Flash is still in the air, mm-hmm. when when's the Flash movie due? Twenty eighteen. Uh, well, like the Flash needs to be a member of the Justice League immediately. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, they cannot. If the show is still popular in four years, they you cannot do another origin story on camera. You introduce the Flash in a kick-ass moment, and then say, "Hey, hey, there's five seasons of things for you to enjoy." And mm-hmm. the best way to do that is use this character. Yeah, I'd hope use so, this but character. I think and I, like, and I'm only saying that this can work is because CW is still owned half by the WB. Well, Warner, Warner is, Brothers. but Warner, I think, is the type to go like, hey, we have movie universe and TV universe. Fine. We don't mix the two, not like Marvel. I understand, but like, if the show is popular and you're yeah. making a movie called The Flash, why not put that guy in your movie? And then like, well, you can't, uh, the guy who plays Barry Allen, what's his name? Uh, Mark Hapablap? Yeah. He can't get, Mark Hapablap can't carry a whole movie. You're already adding in Green Lantern. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Mark Hapablap will meet the Green Lantern. That's his uh, name, right? Please tell me that's his name. Do you think they can get Ryan yeah. Reynolds back for Green Lantern? Uh, I, I he says he won't be coming back. <sighs> I don't think so. No. Also, I don't know. They, I feel like they screwed up Deadpool worse than Green Lantern. And the trickster, I, I agree with yes. you. Uh, and the trickster episode is great because, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> Mark Hamill is back playing the trickster. And though it doesn't take, it obviously doesn't take place in the same universe mm-hmm. as the Flash TV show, they still say like, oh yeah, this guy was a terrorist 20 years ago who called himself the Trickster. And then they have stills from that episode. Do they but, really? Yeah. That's him so and his, cool. And I, again, I watched that a lot when I was a little kid. But then seeing Mark Hamill like, like Mark Hamill is in this after filming Star Wars. Like he has shaved off his beard. So he's got to be doing this after filming wow. Star Wars. So it's like. You're about to star in the biggest movie of the year, and you're just filming like a bit part is like 
uh, an old man as a goofball. I think, I, I think I'm ready to make the argument that Mark Hamill is the greatest person in the universe. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, He's been too many good things. He's brought too many great things into my life. That's true. Mark Hamill. So anyway, yeah, let me just say, again, listeners, mm. sorry. I was slow to check out the Flash show, but I'm very much enjoying it now. And after seeing Brett... Tobias the uh, Nalrapis is playing Terraria, according to my Steam. <laughs> uh, and, and Brett was definitely talking up the S.H.I.E.L.D. show, just the, like, it's getting really inhuman mm -hmm. Like, that he's saying, like, this is just a backdoor pilot for Inhumans. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just introducing Inhumans left and right in that universe. Pretty but, nuts. Though also because, like, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are in humans. Like that seems to be pretty much what's going on. And they will not be mutants. No, that mm. mutants are owned by Fox. You cannot yeah. have mutants in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. Chris, is there a special noise you can play for Henry endorsing a DC product? Um, truly a rare occasion. It hmm. did. Watching it did remind me of why you know, I, if I take it to Vegas for a dirty weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it it. it it reawakened in me the things I liked about DC. Yeah. Like what I enjoyed about there DC pre-crisis. I, we, I, we got a one, you and I got one tweet like, guys, fucking convergence is the same as everything's Secret happening. Wars. Secret Wars. I'm like, you're kind of right. I mean, you, are, you are totally right. Yes. It's just that like, that person is right. But like the Marvel universe didn't require a, <laughs> a reboot. It's, it'd be nice. Uh, and also Dan Jurgens. I refuse to read stuff by Dan Jurgens. I don't like like he is. He should have been left in the nineties. Yeah, like, heir to a soap fortune. Who the fuck is this guy? He <laughs> wrote. He's most famous for writing um, the and drawing the mm. death of Superman issue. Like mm. that. That is his claim to fame. And he also did Zero Hour, and now he's doing Convergence, which is basically Zero Hour two thousand. Like it's Zero Hour exactly twenty years later. Yes, because if Marvel is doing that, they're doing it for the first time, not the seven hundredth time. Uh, and also, I think, I think by the end of Secret Wars, things might just be ninety five percent back to normal mm -hmm. instead of instead no, of completely rebooted. This is. It, like, I'm being cynical. Secret Wars is about rebooting the Marvel universe for people who are into the Marvel movies. Yeah, like the, the universe was not complicated. Not like DC. No. Yes, not like DC. Um, also, wanted to say what I've been reading this week: Howard the Duck number two, which mm. was awesome, even was better, even better than issue one. Like Chip Zdarsky, he he has all these great scenes of Rocket Raccoon mm. interacting with the duck uh, with Howard the Duck. It's great. Love like and he is so good at writing Howard as like Howard is funny but he also is like very sad <laughs> like he's mm -hmm. there's a there's a depression to Howard to it and then there's just these like really zany moments that just come out of nowhere and it has this great backup story where he's in a legal battle with Iron Fist and Luke Cage over the term hero for hire mm. It's it's just a really funny book, and also the cover to issue two is great because I'm I'm going to pull it up, but uh, the cover to issue two is him taking a selfie with uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and so everybody's doing a duck face to sit stand <laughs> next to him, except for him who's like he's making a weird face, and then. If you look at Drax, Drax is putting his hands together to look like a duck bill because he doesn't understand why he said make a duck face. He's like, oh, I'll put my hands together like a duck Rocket bill. Rocket is so. just doing his best without lips. Yeah, and 
Uh, it's so I love that picture. It's it's just such a funny book and the uh, the cliffhanger. Oh boy, that cliffhanger! I, I I'm not going to spoil it. You got to read it. All right, all right. It's a I'm great intrigued. cliffhanger. Has there ever actually been a cliffhanger where people are hanging off a cliff? It's like, what happens? Have to imagine time? that's where it came from. Yeah, it, it happened in <laughs> serials of the 1930s. That's and will Commander Cody <laughs> will he get off the cliff? And that's what they not. Will he fall to his death? Probably not, because he's a. Uh, Stay in- tuned next time. You guys have seen Misery, right? Remember oh, yeah. uh, when she's talking about how what a cheap ripoff that cliffhanger was, where she's like, and then he didn't fall because he. I saw he wasn't trapped. Stabbed. <laughs> Whatever explanation was, I love that. Trapped. That is what that is what all fanboys are, is basically. <laughs> like, uh, and then we're Spider Woman number six, mm-hmm. which. Uh, it's good. It's it's. I think they're telling the story too slow, but it's an interesting story, and it's also still like the how everything has become. There's a lot of books rebooting in DC that are like saw that Batgirl did really well, and so they're rebooting in Batgirl style. That's the same thing that's happening. Like Spider Woman is totally rebooted like Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Like she's she. It it has some creative storytelling. Um. Strip down art style and color scheme, and like she's written like uh, a loser, or like she not like she's somebody who can't get her shit together. That she's not that she's an incredible superhero who's like a pro at that, but she doesn't own any bowls. Like she doesn't own a bowl, <laughs> and like yeah, it's it's I like where it's going. It's not it's not like though. Unlike Hawkeye, first issue of Hawkeye, I read, I was like, this is my new favorite comic. Mm. And I'm not feeling that yet with Spider-Woman, but it's good. It's good. Same with Batgirl. I really want to check it out. I love Spider-Woman so much. So, and then I read some Rage of Ultron, which is fine. I read, I started reading that too. Did you get a code for it or something? No, no. I just bit the bullet and went to, I was staying at my lady's house. He's like a block away from Mm -hmm. Mission Comics, which is my favorite comic store in San Francisco. I recommend it uh, for everyone. It's fucking, it's just a great, great, great comic Mm -hmm. store. That's Um, the one that has like all the art in the back? Yes. Uh, Like it's 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 half a gallery. It's a good place for local artists to come and not only project per, present their stuff but they they do come and speak and like that is becoming a good venue where people do q and a's yeah. and there's a lot of good barrier artists I think they have like um, a lending library too they have a i i've mentioned that before yes yeah. but i'll say it again because every comic store should do that want to get someone into comics little kid wanders in after seeing winter soldier and wants to know about captain america but doesn't want to spend 80 dollars. here here here's a bunch of captain america enjoy yourself bring it back and we'll talk about purchases it's it's so cool. Like it's, yeah. there's this huge library and a reading space where you can just sit down and read all this shit. In addition to taking it home, yeah, um, really neat. Mission Comics can't recommend them enough, and they have a great Facebook account. So follow them. Um, also, I, I think it may have started as a local. Com- well, sorry, Rage of Ultron. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I am with that. It's okay. It's 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 just a big storyline from Uncanny. It's a huge side Uncanny story. Avengers. Yeah. Well. I've read theories that it actually takes place post Secret War, mm. because Secret Wars, because sense. because like the lineup of the Avengers is uh, is Sabretooth is on the Avengers. Well, and like he's sort of on it now, but they're more trusting of each other than they are now. And same with like true, the new Captain America is more comfortable in his mm. role, and so it's and they're saying like that. Like I, I saw a point by point thing of just like this lineup and these status quos seem a lot more like post Secret Wars mm. than pre. Should I know the Descendants? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't okay. really know them either. This like, all seems so. very complicated for something that I would assume, via the name, is something mm-hmm. that would be tied in directly to the movie. Well, it is. In that it, it is. It's a... a, a what was the last Ultron story? That would be Age of Ultron, which, which he barely not was in. in. Like, that's, Age of Ultron is a bad story. Don't it's guys well, don't buy Age of Ultron. It's, it's, well, it's not a terrible story. It's just it's not a good Ultron. It's not an Ultron story. Yeah. Period. If you guys are talking about Sabretooth, and isn't he? He's X Men mm-hmm. only, so he wouldn't even. He's, he's not X-Men. even in the Marvel universe. Marvel, well, Marvel so movie it is. Universe. It is an alt. It is a new Ultron story, but him facing the new. Avengers, not and the it's, ones, it's side, it's, not the ones who star in the movie. It starts yeah. out with the Avengers proper, and like, yeah. I, I love that line. Well, Beast is only Avengers, and like, I know that's happened before. It just makes yeah. it hard for me to place yeah. where that happened. Seventies and Captain America and Hawkeye and Beast are trying to get people out of the city because Ultron's destroying everything, and Hawkeye's like, everybody out of the city. And then Captain America's like, listen to him, leave <laughs> the city. And then Beast just says, you know, they didn't leave the city because they don't respect you. <laughs> says that to Hawkeye, yeah. But that's like, like where where was this continuity established where Beast is like a straight up dick? Yeah. That, was like, that was like the mo- the meanest thing anybody said to Hawkeye. Well, he, I I will say Reminder is t- like H- Hank McCoy was the jokester. He's the jokester on any team he's on, mm-hmm. though. Basically, yeah, while well, he has fucking like like a welding machine in his hand. All right, let me let me tell you the something about the Beast here is that. Hank McCoy started as the jokester on the team. He did. I know that. Then he got his blue fur and he became a little bit like the thing because uh, he was like, oh, I'm a cat man now. I don't like it. I'm cursed. But and then, but then he was the goofball on the Avengers who would joke around with Wonder Man. Like there were several issues that were just the That's Wonder I, Man I beast hanging out story. I think I'm missing that part. Then in the 90s, they introduced the legacy virus, which was mutant AIDS. And, like, literally it was. In 92, they're like, this is mutant AIDS. So the legacy virus. And then, basically, for over a decade, Beast became an AIDS researcher. And he had to be a little more serious. And then even once he cured the legacy virus, then he became more mutated and was dealing more with, like, his girlfriend leaving him and stuff, and he's just like, Ugh, because, my life sucks. Because like, a he ha- he either has AIDS or works with AIDS all day. And then there was that no, time he, was he a became man. a UN interpreter. And, oh, dear <laughs> oh dear lord! Oh dear lord! <laughs> so yeah, the the beast <laughs> the beast was more of a goofball back then, but I do think Remender made him more um, snippy mm-hmm. than more more bitchy in this flashback. Than, that was, than but that was like outright mean. And I'm I'm yeah. very used to him now in the current like Bendis X Men universe of like. Okay, I have some very serious news to give you guys. Um, yeah, I'm working on the time, the time, uh, the, the Terran time. Everybody, please, uh, guys, you need to listen. To, to me, uh, maybe it is that like B sounds more to me like Kelsey Grammer. So just saying to <laughs> Hawkeye, they don't respect you, and then Hawkeye's response, and then Captain America says, "I think he just primed them for leaving the city," and Hawkeye's like, "I choose to believe that. <laughs> I will ignore your yeah. horrible response." Uh, but I like I like they how they don't respect you enough to save their own life. I like how Ultron is written in the book too that he's yes. more he's That's more fine. lively. He's less disconnected. He's They're like, not no, I hate you. Like yeah. like Ultron's like I hate all of you people. Mm-hmm. I have to kill every human on Earth because you rejected me. Like, There's a great a bunch of great Pym moments though. Yeah, and that bummed me out because like he mm-hmm. I forgot yeah. how much the father. Yeah, how much it is kind of hack it's how much they the do movie, it, but like it, it can't be yeah. in the movie. Nope. Like, but. Uh, the idea that like Ultron will listen to Hank Pym because like whatever happened, no matter how much you hate your dad, 
he's still your fucking dad and yeah you, and you yearn for his respect and there's a couple cool moments and i again i'm not done with the book yeah it's um, it's a good book and i think if you want a good a new ultron story that's yeah. that's a good one it I, looks beautiful if i were to suggest a, the ultron story to read it would still be um i the, might show you some pictures of it this friday the or Ult- saturday on laser time podcast the, the ultron three-parter by busick and george perez mm-hmm. i think it was called ultron initiative or ultron ultron unlimited that's what it was called uh but yeah so you guys read anything else? I did. I, I bought, uh, but didn't read Lumberjanes, finally. But oh, I just wanted to say that I did that. Uh, and I bought something. I was looking. I think it might have been a local artist that was originally showcased in this super expensive edition in, in uh, Mission Comics. But it's called The Humans. Shit, I had my phone somewhere. Uh, we could tell you who wrote the it. The Humans. The Humans. <laughs> and that's so the title, the title intrigued me in conjunction with the... Um, in conjunction with the cover, and basically what it is is a bunch of a planet of monkeys who ride around on bikes in the 1970s. <laughs> um, it's it's okay. absolutely fa- like I get it. It's not for everybody. Tom Neely, Tom Neely, um, and mm. Keenan Marshall Keller uh, are the the creative team behind it. It's somebody had compared it to like Russ Meyer stuff. Like, and like oh, I don't wow. I don't have a ton of affection for that. But Henry, you're a mystery science fan. You know that like. You know the motorcycle genre of films, <laughs> yes. and I've never seen anybody do that with comics. <laughs> but they're all with apes, and like, well, is this just the Planet of the Apes? Oh, here are a bunch of naked humans. They keep chained up as slaves to do their gardening, and one guy just fucks exclusively chained and nude. Wow, uh, chained and nude. But they're a biker gang in the seventies. One guy is just fresh from Vietnam, filled with flashbacks. The Vietnamese <laughs> are are weird orangutans. Whoa, um, yeah, wow. it's 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 really cool, and like they can get away with a lot just by everybody being monkeys. Um, and it's, it's incredibly violent. And every I was reading it and every time my girlfriend turned around, I'm like, how come there's like a dick on every page? I'm like, I don't know, but it's <laughs> fucking awesome. It's all <laughs> monkey people on motorcycles and dicks. You get to see someone ejaculate. It's, uh, I love oh, it. Wow. Um, but it, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, it's not one of those things that I, I cause I can say I finished the whole first volume. It's, it, there is finally a story happening and it involves okay. dealing drugs and, uh, <laughs> a big giant uh, orangutan over drugs. And, and it takes just place like in, a, just like a biker movie. It takes place in Bakersfield, California, a bunch of rival wow. biker gangs. Wow. It's in the, in 1970. It is really fucking cool. I had a fantastic time reading the humans. All um, right. I'm every gonna... single panel of it is like beautiful or hilarious. I'm gonna look this up. The humans, the and humans. that's that's the name of their biker game. They fight a lot with the scabs. Um. <laughs> All right, wow. The humans, um, and I, I read anything else? I can't remember. But the humans was my big takeaway. I was mm. a huge fan of the humans. Well, Dave, I it's guess it's that time. <laughs> Walking Dead corner. Um. What's going on in the realm of the Walking Dead? I don't have a good sound because there was and, there was just a uh, a new issue today. And it's in and, the and season finale. finale. And they both have something in common that pissed me off. Or was it a mid-season finale? Can you uh, say without spoiling a ton of shit? Well, in both cases, there was a major development based off of someone forgetting to lock a gate. Uh, That's really? Which, at this show? point, in, like, yeah, in both cases... In both the show and the book, they're in the same place now, right? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, actually, no, they are. But, no, they're not. But they're, it was different things that were left unlocked. Okay. And in in both cases, like, these survivors have been around long enough that you would think they would double-check every gate. <laughs> yes. 
And it, yeah, in one case, it leads to someone who's being incarcerated escaping. In the other case, it was zombies uh, overcoming an area. Um, I mean, the the season finale of The Walking Dead on AMC was kind of it was kind of low key, mm-hmm. kind of surprising. Like I think like the last I think it was the mid season finale where like there was a major death, mm-hmm. uh, and like. The survivors finally decided to move on but to they Alexandria. This they one didn't was trip just over like, themselves to make something people would talk about on Twitter and be like, no. "Oh my god!" No, it's just like, uh, That's, well, whatever. Oh. Yeah, like I mean, I, the what I thought was going to happen was like the survivors getting kicked out of Alexandria, and that's not quite what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the comics, I, I mean, I, I yeah, I don't want to be spoilery, but the way that the, the most recent comic ends is kind of exciting. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. This is, all, I, I, this is all Henry will allot to this. I, I just want to, yeah, like, um. I don't know. It's just the, Walking Dead. I'm like, eh, what? The, oh, it's so popular. I think a bunch the, of people the like unlocked it. gate is a stupid, like, trope. It makes no, more no, sense. No. It makes more sense in the it, comic. It's and like that, it, that shit is Bush League first day of zombie attack kind of yeah. bullshit. And, like, I, I admire The Walking Dead because it doesn't deal in those kind of conflicts. Yeah, mm-hmm. at least with the comic, it's, like, kind of nebulous. Yeah. It's like. Was this gate purposely unlocked yeah. or okay. unlocked on accident? Whereas well, you've spoil, you spoiled it in my head already. So, I, I think but on I the show, it's completely thing. like it's like you made you trusted the least uh, sane person to like. Literally, it was like, can you lock the gate behind you on the show? And it's like, no, I think wh- why would you let that happen with the like? This is the least stable m- member of your camp. Mm. You asked him to shut the gate behind him. But what's you to me, just watched him to while what, he did it. It takes two extra seconds. <laughs> what's what's fundamentally interesting to me about the Walking Dead comic, especially where it is now with the, the huge yeah. time jump, is that everybody is remarkably efficient in their jobs. Yeah. And and like it does become an event where, like when someone accidentally doesn't do their job well, but it's never fucking sheer incompetence. Like, yeah. <gasps> I for, oh my god, I forgot to put on my anti-zombie repellent. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's it's never anything like that. Like. And, then, and like what goes awry in the midst of being completely efficient with yeah. dealing with zombies is what makes makes the comic cool to me. And uh, like they finally showed where Michonne has been since the Naruto Holy time shit. jump. Uh, and I feel like <laughs> if, if like the the Walking Dead is at a point, both the show and the comic, where they could conceivably kill Rick and make Michonne the center of it. I think it's some, one of those things that's bound to happen. And yeah. I did. I did. Eventually, ask, Andrew I, Lincoln will ask for I too asked much both money. Both Kirkman and, and uh, fucking Adler that on camera, and mm-hmm. like, I think I think actually one of them said like, why would like the world would keep moving if yeah. Rick was there or not? Yeah. Like, it, it, Wait like, for Carl to just completely like pass puberty. Like mm-hmm. he's got to be an adult person, mm-hmm. and then then Carl could also be like the center of a show. Yeah. True. All right. Also, I, I'm never going back. I'm never going back to Walking Dead in any way. Either the book, I will. The book, yeah. I will. But like, look, I liked, I liked it before. It was cool, and now it's too cool, <laughs> and I don't like it. So there. It's, yeah, you should definitely be the host of a comic. Show. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. This look, is a good yeah. book that I liked and recommended to me, and made me read it. Mm-hmm. And now that everyone likes it, Henry doesn't yeah. care. So we're going to take a, a we're going to take a quick break. Shithead. Uh, when we get back, a little bit of news. Your answer is to last week's question of the week and a superhero spotlight on what's soon to be everybody's new favorite superhero.
Hello, everybody, and thanks for listening again to Cape Crisis on the Laser Time Network. And I just, you know, come in here to say I really appreciate everybody listening. It, it's it's all the comments and, and reviews on iTunes, all that stuff. It, it really makes this feel worth it, and I always appreciate those. Same with when you tweeted me about the show at, at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. You should be following me if you haven't yet. Um, and also, if you wanted to help out uh, the Laser Time Podcast Network, there's a lot of ways you can do that. Uh, the chief one right now is the IRL commentary pack. Go to lasertimepodcast.com and you'll see a link on the front page on the right. Uh, basically, if you give a dollar to, to $4.99 to us via PayPal, you will get a download of the uh, of an original commentary track the Laser Time boys, including me and Chris, recorded of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Space Jam, two classic films that mesh the worlds of reality and cartoons and if you give five dollars or more you'll get a bonus commentary track for cool world one of the worst movies i've ever seen and if you give more than ten dollars you will get a physical prize that will be mailed to you a special prize i've seen it looks really cool it's a mystery still guys but you you will like it so you know check out all that stuff on lasertimepodcast.com also, you can buy stuff through our Amazon links. A little bit of money goes that goes to us when you do that, and no extra cost to you. Uh, and also, don't forget to subscribe to this on iTunes, give it a review. All that helps out a lot. So please, please, please do all of that stuff. And uh, now it's time for the Hanks Corner pick of the week. You know, after uh, there's a lot of Daredevil talk coming, but I really I, I want to further, uh, you know, I'll have a Daredevil pick next week. So after seeing the flash tv show and enjoying the flash ever so much i have to suggest uh jeff john's flash omnibus it is really great like all three of them collecting his run with wally west is just so good as is mark wade's run on the flash and i'll have a link to that one of those two though i don't think those are his in print but jeff john's run as collected in the omnibus they did with mainly with scott collins and howard porter as the artist He's so good. It is. I think it is Jeff John's best work. Like he's he's become more famous since doing the Flash and more important and core to the DC universe. But I don't think he's ever been better than working on the Flash. And you can see a lot of the core of what's being done on the Flash TV show in those books. And so, really suggest you check those out. I have a link to the Omnibus and a more affordable collection of Flash books in the, this week's episode page. So check that out through the link on this week's page. And now, back to the rest of the show. Welcome back to the second segment of episode 132 of Cape Crisis. Um, so news-wise, we kind of already dealt with one of the big news things, which was um, that they want Phil Lord and Chris Miller uh, to direct. Well, that the was part of the, the, the Flash. So they even speculated that like the last Men on Earth renewal was. And this is one of those weird things. It's not because they they love the show, but it's like we want to be in the Lord Miller yeah camp because they're superstars. And we now. want them in our company. It's, it's worthwhile for, to attach them to another project later. Also, apparently DC is working really hard to get the John Wick director to mm-hmm. do Suicide Squad. 
Dude, that that movie is fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's John all Wick. I hear. It's really good. That's all I hear. I should check it, it out. It is really good. Uh, and then in uh, depressing, the, in, it, we, uh, David Ayer tweeted uh, the first cast reading of Su- Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, it looks really weird. Yeah, Jared Leto wasn't in there, and I think he's tweeted like every time he puts up a picture of himself, people mm-hmm. have to wonder about his haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right now it's full on Miley Cyrus wrecking ball. Ooh, which I think is one very sexy, <laughs> and two. Yes, a so good it's look not for the Joker. it's not Jesus. You hair. had that no, long no. hair for too long. I'm glad getting cast with the Joker. If it does nothing else, got him to chop I, I off never that. I realize I'm so that conservative, but like my hair gets too long. I cut in like I'm growing this beard right now because my lady requested a mustache and uh-huh. I saw her this weekend after two weeks and because she's been out of town. I'm like I want to punch you in the face. This sucks. <laughs> this is awful. Here, kiss me. Ah, it <laughs> sucks, doesn't it? You like this? I want it shorn. I'm Johnny Unitas. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Trim those sideburns. Uh, also, the the, um, the speaking of <laughs> speaking of television directors who are now directing films, the um, the Russo brothers are officially down officially. for the uh, uh, the Infinity War two part official noise. Yep. So, which is great. Like they, I would I would have loved to see Whedon complete the whole trilogy, but he doesn't. I can see that he doesn't want to work an entire decade on Avengers, but. It, you know, it's uh, that they're great secondary people to do it. I wish you would have seen it through in the same way I would talk to you guys about how much I like Brian Michael Bendis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would say, "Well, I don't want the whole Marvel universe sounding that way." Yeah, and I kind of get that. Like, I am a huge, I am very big Whedon fan, and you could infect the entire Marvel universe. Captain America: Winter Soldier was the first example of like. Well, not every character needs to sound this way. Not everything needs to be in this tone. Yeah. And it can really, really and work. Thor was still a bit weedy. Thor 2. No, it was. Yeah. It, but like, but Captain America, Winter Soldier doesn't contain any of that yeah. charmer. I mean, it's basically... Quickiness. Yeah. Winter Soldier is basically the Terminator meets it's, all the President's Men. It's like really... That. It's so good. It's a 70s thriller, and then the Terminator I shows up. I might watch it again today. Which, by yeah. the way, that was one of my favorite things in Furious 7, was that... Jason Statham was like a Looney Tunes character. He was a cartoon <laughs> character. Like, like the whole point of the plot was for them to get him. They're like, mm. finally, we'll be able to catch Jason Statham. They're like, why? He shows up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, he knows where you are first. I'm right behind you, and I'm holding a mallet. They yeah. literally <laughs> have, like, this will track anybody anywhere, <laughs> In anytime. the universe. It would have found Osama Bin Laden in 17 minutes. That's what oh, Kurt yeah. Russell said. But, it, uh, but at the same time, like... I just love the unpredictability of you're in the middle of a chase scene that's already rollicking or this crazy action scene and then a door opens like, fuck you, I'm here too. Jason Statham, <laughs> blam, blam, blam. Oh, so good. What a wonderful... Uh, and then also, uh, in sad news for Bay Area residents to read comic books, WonderCon is officially not coming back and uh, though it's time in Anaheim is over... That now, makes sense. Now WonderCon is moving to L.A. And so it's just going to be... Bizarre. Yeah. Well, I, I should say that in other news. I open it up. It's not very comic booky. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say goodbye to a legend that is Stan Freeberg. Okay. Um, and he... One of my favorite cartoons of all time is The Three Little Bops. Uh, he, he... Oh, is he, he one does, of the... He does all the voices. Wow. Like, it's one of the only ones no without idea. Mel Blanc. Uh, you, we, well, we'll go into that some other day. But, like, Mel Blanc had a, Bill, like a Bob Kane deal on, like, voiced by... Mel Blank, even though mm. there are seven other voices in this. Mm. Um, and San wow, Mel Blank can even do Witch Hazel? That's impressive. <laughs> he was, Stan, like, anybody who did, Duh, I don't know. <laughs> that, that was always Stan Freeberg. Uh, Three Little Bops is 
the perfect cartoon to me. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it a lot. Um, and he passed. I had no idea he was still alive. Mm-hmm. No idea. Um, and he and, also created uh, Beanie and Cecil, one yes. of the first television cartoons. Uh, Weird Al thanked him and like you, I. This is why I knew what I wanted to do. He did song parody. That's what Stan Freeberg did. But sorry, uh, you were talking about um, WonderCon and WonderCon. LA, yeah, yeah. I remember because like after her going to all the cons for a long time, like I'd be at PAX and a WonderCon C two E two New York Comic Con. I ended up like obviously gravitating toward the same booths and meeting the same people. Mm-hmm. And they all hated San Francisco. Um, no, when I've heard Moscone was just crazy expensive to rent. It was incredibly like, expensive, and they said they all made less money. And, like, I won't come next year. Yeah, it's almost like and San Francisco is a prohibitively expensive place. The pizza place downstairs even has a little sign up there. We're charging 4% extra. So when we ask for money, and we all, for the <laughs> moment... I, I will... We all, I, for the moment, have to live here. Like, this place is insane, and it's getting so much worse. I'm considering throwing fire at the Google building, because it, it is ruining our city. That place, that pizza place is too expensive. But they I'm have telling a- you, I get slices in my neighborhood, which is a mile away, just mm-hmm. as affluent, just as busy... Fine, Dave. We'll go. We'll travel three three twenty five for a slice. We'll travel. I will blocks. bring pizza. Well, one to of this, those this year apartment. slice place is not a corporate owned slice place mm-hmm. like yeah. Extreme. But so. but they even had to put a sign out that said like we have to charge an extra four percent. Yeah, yours is also yeah. the only one that ser- serves alcohol. They serve a ton of alcohol for very cheap. That's really why we go there because <laughs> they have it's like happy hour whenever we would yeah. uh, pregame our there, podcast. And if you want to put a price on it, thirteen dollars for a pitcher during happy hour. That seems okay. Yeah, I can go to Florida right now and get four dollar pitchers all day. Yeah, long. well, I mean, like but in in the I'm city, saying San Francisco, yeah. okay. San well, Francisco, which doesn't offer pitchers ever in any only, bar venue. Yeah, it's got to be real dive. Mm-hmm. So I do think one of the positives of it moving to LA is that theoretically we have a friend in LA, maybe one who's even listening to this right now, and that maybe we could like visit him slash go to WonderCon like. I when I had a done friend, that with WonderCon when I had a friend who lived in San Diego that's when I went to San Diego for non-work and that's the only time I did cuz I could never like search for a hotel room but also like LA has a lot more hotels than San Diego fucking Diego and second like it was the time I got to hang out with my friends so it was like hey you live right here let's go to Comic-Con together yeah. and I'll sleep on your couch now I'm not saying that we'd have to sleep on our friend's couch because he'll be married by then he might not want somebody <laughs> sleeping on his couch this hypothetical but, friend by but then I'm he'll have a saying. guest room but I'm just yeah he'll have his, he'll be a big LA let me sleep player. in your crib yeah exactly <laughs> it's like but, Charlie Sheen no was it Charlie Sheen who fell asleep Robert Edward Robert Jr., actually Rob Lowe? it was Iron Man but oh yeah. <laughs> but anyways, all I'm saying is that uh, you know maybe we maybe we make a day of it, go down to L.A. and hang out with our friends to go to WonderCon. Maybe That's when all. they build that bullet train, I'm all about that. We shit, need that man. bullet train, we even really though they, they released the price on it, and it's cheaper for us to fly to Hawaii right now than to take that bullet train. No, to I have LA. the same mm-hmm. ignorance that like my family has mm-hmm. when they're like, "Oh, you're close to L.A. now, aren't you?" I'm like, "No, I'm." I'm like a five-hour drive away, but, oh, but I have that same ignorance of like San Diego to LA. Like, I'm, I'm like they're too close. Why they have a, Why are they having a convention? But I so never close? put up the video, and it, it will go up soon because I want to put up the rest of the Japan videos, even though no one gives a shit and doesn't watch them or share them. Um, yeah, that's putting the putting the burden you on could, you, guys. asshole listeners. Um, but uh, one of the great things was the train in Tokyo really that great? Yes. Yes, it was. This I have a flight. Yes, yeah. I have to be on a train to a bus 
to get on this thing to get there two hours early. Whereas the train in Tokyo, I am leaving to go to the other side of the country. Mm -hmm. um, I will be there one minute before the train leaves, and I will walk on the train in one minute. It yep. is the remarkable. It will be efficient. there exactly. It'll be there said. exactly at the right time, and there is no bullshit security horse shit. It just yeah. takes one second, and you're there. It's so cool. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Japan's railways are just the best. Mm -hmm. to, at least I can say from using them in Tokyo, Kyoto, and Osaka, they were grand. It was. That's insane. And I'm walking in with luggage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I like just walk to the ramp. There, I'm on the train. Oh, you're on the wrong train. Get off. Get off this train and wait one minute. Yep. Oh, ah, all right. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Jesus yeah, when Christ. You get a ticket, so when you get a ticket for your train and it's that time, you're like, yeah, this is exactly this time. I better be here now. You can't like count on like, well, but I have 30 minutes. And the train's like, not on time. They issue refunds. They apologize. Like, they kind of apologize. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, lastly in the news, are you guys excited at the prospect of this crossover? Green Lantern meets Star Trek? I am. Yeah. Yes. Yep, yes. it's Any, anybody who can go to space and hang out with Star Trek people. DC it, and IDW is, is teaming up to do Green Lantern meets Star Trek, mm -hmm. and from the look of the cover, it is reboot Star Trek meets Green Lantern. So, oh no! Well, at least by the look of the cover image I saw, it looks like they're drawing. They are definitely not drawing William Shatner. That is that's for sure. Like, I don't know. Chris Pine last movie looked a little, very Shatnery. <laughs> well, yeah, he's getting. Doey in the Shatner way, and he's also like a corny actor in a good way, in like, a great way. If you saw him in Into the Woods, like as I'm sure you will. guys all did, he was he was great. He was very Shatner asking Into the Woods. Uh, but I wasn't into Into the Woods. Mm -hmm. But I loved the. Well, yeah. I even loved the X Men crossover. I, and I really love the Planet of the Apes crossover, and, and and I didn't even realize that by nature of what Star Trek is, a place a. Uh, 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 Exploring the new frontier, which includes new galaxies and universes mm -hmm. and dimensions, they can go anywhere. Yeah, and then they will, they will, they will be the same people the entire time. It's all about how who they meet, react to them, and, and seeing space cops. Because like, you would think Star Trek, they're not space cops. Mm -hmm. They're they're explorers, and they but it's take the kind of thing you would and... never have like base a show off of now. Like, what do they do? Like, well, they're kind of like landscapers, and they go <laughs> and they they scout around. They don't touch anything, and they're like Lewis and Clark. Yeah, like they are literally explorers, and the idea that like, oh, well, we have internet, we have intergalactic jurisdiction too, but we don't touch anything. Is like, well, we kill a lot of people. Not, <laughs> we not, beat not, people not, up. If I don't want to talk that shit about the Lantern Corps. It's just that they have a jurisdiction to be violent, and Star Trek does not. Yeah, and I, well, I cannot wait to see how that pans yeah, out. I, I think it'll be really cool. All right, now it's time for the superhero spotlight. Collect your hero. So just to get you guys ready for the Daredevil Netflix oh. show, which will be premiering on midnight Thursday night. Let me get to, Dave, what am I doing on Friday night? Uh, hopefully going to Midnight's for Mania. And I've already told you no, and you express your disappointments because I tried to convince my girlfriend, look, I, I don't, I know you're not into comics and I take you to a lot of these comic movies, but I... Instead of going to see Rocky Four and The Rock yeah. together on one screening, which to me seems magnificent, mm -hmm. I really want you to watch the first, at least the first three episodes of Daredevil with me. And if it doesn't hit, because when when the first Friday of every month in San Francisco know, in the Bay Area is a wonderful time because you can either go to Midnight's for Maniacs, which is a great monthly movie series mm -hmm. curated by like a guy who's just like a savant of movies. Always great movies at the most uh, iconic mm -hmm. movie venue in San Francisco, the Castro mm -hmm. Theater. 
Or you, you can go Rocky to Hood Slam, then. which uh. is the most fan servey yeah. like com- for comic slash video game fans. You can see I know, I like, know Sub Zero take on fucking uh well, I don't know. I know Link. I, I yeah, cannot, Link. It's amazing. I cannot believe that, that this, but no, this, you, you're going to sit down and watch a show you on your couch. Henry's for, about to tell you why why I care so much about Daredevil, and it's done. In watch his, it on Sunday. No, you're, <laughs> not, have, you're not recording a podcast about yes, it. Yes, I am. On Sunday, we record. All right, but, so but, what, watch it Saturday night. No, I the second uh, it airs, I need to see. This. All right, but even if you do that, you'll be done by the time. And I'm I'm oh, with you. I am totally with you. We have we have these beautiful <laughs> events in San Francisco, and I'm saying that's how much I care. Yeah. About seeing this the second it comes out, and I'm not normally that person. Uh, there's very few things I'm like. I got to see the second. Most of it is. You guys should have uh, flexed your Cape Crisis muscle and got Netflix to send you uh, screeners. We should have got. Yeah, I don't know who to contact to get the five first episodes. Hey, info info at Netflix.com. Some reviewers go. got it, but mm-hmm. uh, all right. Well, they went to an event in L.A. where they screened. Ah, it. I yeah. see. Yeah, the premiere. All right, so let's get let's get into it. So Daredevil, I love you, he, Matt Murdock. Daredevil first appeared in 1964, and he was a very different looking guy. He was, uh, he was kind of just sorry. So he was As a lot. Recording, they have not shown us the costume yet. I love that. He was a lot like Spider Man from the start. Mm-hmm. Like he was very similar to Spider Man, except blind, and he was created by Stan Lee and Bill Everett. Bill Everett is famous too because. He created the first Marvel hero, huh. Namor, in 1939. Really? Bill Everett then had come back to Marvel wow. in the early 60s and was like, this is my next guy. Yeah. Daredevil. And he is a guy in a big, bright yellow and red suit. His original costume's not so great, but he always had the billy club that is also his cane. Like, yeah. That was central to it. And he's, he's a blind and man. And webbing. With, yeah, he could still... But he would just swing around yeah. all the same as Spider-Man. And... And he was an acrobatic dude. I think cross he over change Spider-Man his name sometimes. to Hell's Janitor. And <laughs> Hell's Janitor. Uh, but yeah, that Daredevil was an acrobatic dude who had, like a lot of other 60s Marvel characters, enhanced by radiation. Well, I, I'm saying that because I think when people hear the name Daredevil, uh, it is an antiquated term. Yeah, it, it is. And, and like, But it came about in the days of, you cannot... Understand? Like I've watched two documentaries about Evil Knievel at this point, mm. where like the world stops moving when this guy decides he's going to jump something on his motorcycle, mm. and that's that's where the this comes from. Like a fucking daredevil was a crazy thing, a pay per view event. Well, then, and aside from daredevils, like enhanced senses that mm. allow him to like move and control his body better than most, mm-hmm. like. You can smell he isn't, people. But he isn't super powered. Like, he's just in awesome shape and very well trained. But It's true. And and there have been some cool scenes recently that... But he is super powered. He was also known as the man with no fear. Like, mm-hmm. he's not physically empowered. That's true. Like the, the man without fear is a big... A big uh, is super huge in that. And I think that's what makes yeah. him special. Because I've, I've said in the tone of the current Daredevils make him a good analog for Batman. Mm-hmm. But Daredevil doesn't really give a fuck whether he lives or dies and like, yeah and that like, he will jump off and stuff like yep gonna jump to my death I could die yeah, and oh, he, well. like you hear much more of his internal monologue I have no idea whether I'm gonna get through this oh it's raining every <laughs> one of the powers I have is is ruined but I, I'm gonna push forward uh, but yeah so he uh, alright so then I love you, Daredevil. for Daredevil for most of his his like up until the late 70s mm-hmm. 
Daredevil was kind of like they didn't know what they wanted to do with Daredevil, and also Daredevil like he started off with that goofy yellow costume, mm. then they changed it to the double D's, which mm. is famous. He used to have just one D, then he went to the duties, which I think is a great logo. Like I love that it's logo, a little better. Uh, and then uh, artist Wally Wood switched him over to the all red costume in seven. So. It was it was almost like the Gray Hulk. He was only in the so yellow the Walt Daredevil Disney costume of the Vacation Universe. Changed <laughs> yes. to Wally Wood. Yeah. Wally Wood. Is, yes. is he related to Hollywood? A I cool believe. world. Also Get those available now. Jesus, Get tax those time is coming up, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay, so yeah, Daredevil was he was kind of just the ripoff Spider Man mm-hmm. to the point where one of Daredevil's first artists was John Romita, and he did so well with that. Uh, jumping or acrobatic character. Then when Steve Ditko quit Spider-Man, Ramita moved over to Spider-Man. Like the, so, that I always knew Daredevil in relation to Spider-Man mm-hmm. as a kid. Like that's how I was introduced. But so Daredevil didn't didn't really matter until the, until the seventies. Like he had died, he had faked his death, he pretended to be his his own brother, Mark Murdock, who <laughs> uh, uh, he made up a fake twin brother who wasn't blind. I also wear red glasses. But then it all changed when Frank Miller came up. Mm-hmm. So Frank Miller was just this very talented, very creative artist who was doing more and more to like put his own artistic impact on the stories mm-hmm. until eventually like he got the right to just write the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. he could write and draw it. And he He's was doing one of the few people in Marvel who does that. Nobody yeah. in Marvel draws and writes. And he was pushing, uh, he was pushing artistic boundaries mm. that, like in Marvel anyway, in the early '80s, weren't being pushed. Like mm. he was, he was telling, he was very influenced by, as Frank Miller would later go on to direct the Spirit, which was mm. not good, but he was very influenced by, uh, influenced by Will Eisner's The Spirit, and he yeah. put a lot of that into Daredevil. But he also brought in the thing that Daredevil. You never realized Daredevil was needing as the hero of Hell's Kitchen, which was ninjas. I, was, I thought you were going to say pussy. Cause no, because like, he Daredevil, always had Karen Allen. He Daredevil has, has nailed more members of the Marvel Universe That is true. He sleeps around a lot. He's but okay, everybody. well, I mean, sex he's was... Blind, so it's, like, ironic? He's a good-looking... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> sex is definitely part of Daredevil's world too. Mm-hmm. World too, like he gets laid more than most. But, but no, it was ninjas. Like mm-hmm. basically, uh, Frank Miller, who was like he was a, a weeaboo before we had the term. Mm-hmm. Like he was very into samurai and ninja films and and early anime. That like he he made Daredevil a samurai mm-hmm. who fought ninjas, and he made up this entire ninja group called the Hand. And that they then turn, then he like takes from kung fu films and just gives, gives Daredevil a sifu, a trainer named or a sensei named named Stick, who was another blind guy. Yeah. And so he, it was also one of the, a thing that was happening in the eighties, and I think Daredevil was one of the first, which was, let's redo this guy's origin, like this. His old origin of like he was eight years old and then radioactive stuff hit him in the eyes and then he got really acrobatic. Like that doesn't make sense. Instead they're like, okay, radioactive stuff hit him in the eyes. It did enhance his senses, but he also had no clue on how to use it. Mm-hmm. So he needed his sensei stick to teach him how to do it. Yeah. And stick trained him to stick work with stone. It was stick and stone. Not like really? that was amazing. They may break your bones. And he was training but him. It's not. 
He was, he, he was training him to help fight the hand, which is an ancient ninja order, which mm-hmm. was now invading uh, New York's crime family. And they, and then that's when they introduced Electra. That's when Frank Miller just took Kingpin and like, no, Kingpin's a daredevil villain. Kingpin now. He being not, a daredevil villain is crucial. Yeah. He, so you get Kingpin, you get Bullseye, you get Electra, mm-hmm. like already, and then you add that to. Foggy Nelson, like the character oh of Foggy Nelson, who has been working with him the whole time. Why, and has Karen, he been Karen. a superhero or not? He no, he never been. has been. He never. <laughs> it's it's as far about as I, time. As far as I know, he never has been. I am the fog at midnight. So they do all this stuff, and and also Frank Miller like breaks him down more than ever. Like one of the best. There's the two Frank Miller. Oh, that reminds me, John Favreau plays two characters in the Marvel, Marvel yep, universe. That's true. Foggy Nelson and. Happy Hope. Happy Hope. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Both the worst names ever. The yes. two. The two yeah. loser sidekicks to cool guys. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, like they introduced all that, and I say Frank Miller hit his real stride with Born Again. So he did these. He did these great stories of Daredevil mm-hmm. uh, that he drew himself, and then he went off to DC, and then when he came back, he did this story Born Again with uh, artist David Mazzuchelli, and this was. This set up the the true precedent for all great Daredevil stories that would follow, which is you destroy Daredevil. Daredevil yeah. loses everything, yeah. and then he has to claw his way back. Yeah. Like Daredevil's Daredevil's arc usually is part of the reason he, I say he, he fucks around is because like everybody's fucking gets killed. Yeah, he he ha- and and if not, then they just break up with him because like you suck. Like mm-hmm. like. Uh, I think that's what happened with Black Widow. She's like, look, you you got a lot of Catholic guilt. Like, also, that's... I think I talked about this on a previous episode of, like, that Daredevil is one of the ones you could argue he should be white based on race or whatever, based on his background, because he is an Irish Catholic with a bunch of Irish Catholic guilt and well, symbolism like if, that. If, if, just for one moment, if I may, uh, Daredevil, I think, is symbolic for what used to be symbolic of New York. Yeah, yeah, and like, like we're working class people living in Manhattan, and this is the last area of town where working class people can live. And Daredevil stands up for those people. Uh, I was telling Heidi that uh, to sell her and watching that. Like, remember when I lost my mind when I realized we were in Hell's Kitchen? Because <laughs> I didn't realize we were in Hell's Kitchen because there's no danger. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of nightclubs and police everywhere, and you don't need a Daredevil. In, in but it, it is, it is. Not that they needed, but like, it is. A, Daredevil has a foot in the old world. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and and I like that Frank Frank Miller's Daredevil's mm-hmm. new. The New York and Frank Miller's Daredevil is Taxi Driver's New York. Yeah, like it is the real. dingy, scary you. New York. Yes, you that's see exactly in a Scorsese what I was meant to say. Yeah, and, and I do. I love nothing more than watching '80s New York movies. I don't mm-hmm. care what the movie is. If it was shot in New York in the '80s, I'll watch it. Period. Have you seen Prince of the City? You no. Should, you should really see that. It's a Sidney Lumet film. Like basically, if Sidney New- Sidney Lumet made made Taxi Driver, have you seen kinda? Pope of Gr- Greenwich Village? No, I haven't. Do it. All, All right. right, we need to. Let's we do, do an do exchange. exchange. Here, yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, like that was that was the set thing for Daredevil, mm-hmm. and and in the years after Frank Miller left, and Frank Miller then came back to do a redone origin story with John Romita Jr. called. Uh, uh, the Man Without Fear, which is the definitive Daredevil origin. Jeff Loeb tried to do it again with Yellow, and it is not as good. That was a one shot, though, right? And it was a four issue miniseries, non canonical. No, it re- relatively canonical. Really? Yeah. Though there are parts in it that don't. He, that was the color series, right? Yes. It, there's parts of it that don't jibe with Man Without Fear, and I prefer Man Without Fear over it, so I think that's the real one. But 
both work as a you can read Daredevil Yellow. It's not bad, but I I if like even for all his all of his grossness lately, mm-hmm. like I will read a Frank Miller book before a Jeff Lowe book any day of the week, mm-hmm. like. And especially before he went, but pre a pre nine eleven Frank Miller book, easy mm-hmm. before Jeff nine eleven drove Frank Miller crazy. In case you didn't know, Dave. Like, um, all right. So then, when Frank Miller left, Daredevil was kind of just like he didn't know what they were doing, and they were well, there were some, he's never not had a series since. Frank yeah, Miller, he's, right? well, like Frank Miller gave him so much cred that like Daredevil was never going to stop. They have rebooted it several times but with the new number one. But there are but, like there are like eight Marvel characters who have that distinction. Yeah. Everybody's book has been canceled, not Daredevils. And, like, there was a good-ish run when Anne Nesenti ran it, and mm-hmm. she created the character uh, Typhoid Mary, who, who stuck around. She's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pretty much everybody was just, like, redoing Frank Miller stuff. Or, though I will say, there was a really good little run by Carl Kessel and Frank Carey Nord, mm-hmm. which no doesn't get much talk, and I don't think has ever really been collected, but... It's he took a totally different approach, which was Carl Kessel's neat idea was if Spider Man is Bugs Bunny, Daredevil is Daffy Duck, yeah. and that every a when things would go place, me, 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 yeah. me, me, when me, everything me. would go well for Spider Man, it would go bad for Daredevil, and, and it was a good little shit run. Constantly goes bad for Daredevil. So then you get to when really modern Daredevil began again. They moved him over to the Marvel Knights imprint, which I think is all those stories are the ones most. Miller and the Marvel Knights stories are the ones most inform- informing the show, I think. Well, who, who was... Marvel Knights started... But right. who was doing Marvel Knights? Marvel Knights began because it's, it's how Joe... It's, yeah, it's, it's how Joe Quesada entered the Marvel Universe. Like, it's, it's, this was his doorway into... So, and it was like the last thing before he became like the CEO of Marvel. Yeah, so they started... Joe Quesada and uh, Jimmy Palmiotti were... They were this great team of artists in the 90s of like... I draw, you ink, and then they started writing stuff together too. And they had this fireman, fireman character that they drew, and I think their I think their imprint was called Event Comics. And so then Marvel had all these series that weren't street level heroes that weren't really working in their own series: Black Panther, Daredevil, Punisher, and then Heroes for Hire, guys like that. And Luke so they Cage said, and "Let's hire the Event guys to mm-hmm. make two They'll be in charge of these four books, and they'll be like an imprint within Marvel. It was a really neat idea, mm-hmm. and cause, and this Daredevil was the headliner of it mm-hmm. with Kevin Smith writing it. I like those issues. I think they're fantastic. They were great at the time. I have soured on them slightly. I've re- I read time. them in the last two years. I, they're really good. And Joe Quesada on the art, and mm-hmm. both of those people are slow, so suffered a number of delays at the time, mm-hmm. but. It was really good. It was really good. I only feel bad because they killed off his girlfriend, Karen Page, who I really... I love Karen Page, and mm-hmm. I think I think she got uh, undutifully disposed of in that Is in it that Daredevil book. who's kind of had, like, cursed girlfriends? Like, yeah, anyway? he has the most totally. dead girlfriends yeah. of anybody. Like, he, his get fridged the most, I would say. <laughs> like, Electra, Electra's died, like, three times. Right? Yeah. Like, but has he ever been in the up? same room with, like, his dead girlfriend who didn't know because he's blind? <laughs> Electra has come back. Well, the Ele- same way Wolverine can like smell a person, mm-hmm. like Daredevil can also do that. He'd, and he'd hear their heart stop beating, mm-hmm. all that stuff. He'd know before he, he, that. But that's when you what talk if they about were his dead powers. Way before he got into the room, talk, like, would he be like, "I, I know there's a corpse in here." <laughs> Wade, Wade, Wade's uh, issue, issue uh, first uh, issue of Daredevil reestablished him as someone who's like Superman. Like I can hear the whole world. Yeah, um, and like it took me a long time to train myself to not 
hear everything and to, to pick out what I want to hear. I've seen that with Superman like several times. Yeah. Like I can hear everything you're saying about me constantly across the ocean. Well, so, okay, so there's the Kevin Smith Casada stuff, which was good. It was real good, very good. And that is the beginning of a whole new era of Daredevil, and that then followed into Brian Michael Bendis, who was an indie comic writer, I lo- I love just hired to do Daredevil, and so then good. he does like a, an epic run, like a for the ages run on mm-hmm. Daredevil that like challenges Miller's for most important. Is he the I characters. am not Daredevil. The, the, the he did the he did unmasked. Like yeah. he did the unmasking of Daredevil and dealing with all that and it was really great cuz Daredevil another thing about Daredevil is that his secret identity is barely one and like <laughs> he he barely holds on to it. But that was but that's, the but that's what I'm talking about with the conflict of Daredevil. Part of that issue with uh, series was like his his public uh his Alter Ego was outed. Daredevil is Matt Murdock in the papers. And he, the whole time Matt Murdock is like, no, I'm not Daredevil. So it's like it leads it leads into two two different points of conflict for both his Alter Ego and himself. Mm-hmm. And like in most of the modern issues have made him being a lawyer as important as his sonar capabilities. Yeah. Well, and, then, and so, and so the then, ability to do his job is impeded when he's, he's outed as Daredevil. So then Bendis, had, Bendis and Maleev had that epic run, mm-hmm. so good. And that was followed directly by Brubaker and Michael, Ed Brubaker and Michael Lark having also an incredible run on mm-hmm. Daredevil. And then it wasn't as good a one after that. But then came Mark Wade, who mm-hmm. Mark Wade also. So Marvel Knights was very separate from the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you'd see it? appearances sometimes, but. I feel he, like it took place in the same continuity, though. What it, happened it in Marvel Knights happened Yeah, in the Mar- it, it happened in, in the same thing, but Spider-Man would show up out of costume. It would be a big event. Yeah. It was less colorful. You wouldn't see the Hulk show up. Like, mm-hmm. it was removed from the... It was just a step away from the Marvel Universe. But then when Wade took over, he's like, no, he here's Captain America. Here's the Fantastic Four. Here's the Avengers. He's part of the Marvel Universe as a whole again. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where they're at now. <coughs> and I'd say... Mark Wade's run on Daredevil is, is it is different, but I would say just as it good is, as Bruce. It is excellent. It is very, very fucking good. And I've read very little of his San Francisco mm-hmm. romp. Yeah, so but, you you have a lot of great places to start with Daredevil. I would, and that's what yeah. that's what I say. Like like pound for pound, Daredevil has the best comics. Yeah, he's had I, the, the best consistent, amazing comic run. Of I any would, character in the I would say universe. only Batman maybe has more and, good well, I'd, stories. I'd also like, say that, like, whatever you think you love about the Batman universe and how well it translates to movies, mm-hmm. that's happening every day in the Daredevil comics. <laughs> all the time. It yeah, is. Yeah. It, that's what the Daredevil comics are all the time. And it almost, like, the movie was almost good because it did, mm-hmm. it had respect for the comics most of the time. A, li- a little bit. Yeah. There's a, but, you know, Some of soundtrack them. is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> They're clearly trying to launch Elektra. But, hey, they introduced Garner to Affleck, and we're all better for it. Uh, so, yeah, I would say definitely Man Without Fear, the origin book, is good, though maybe you want to read that after Anybody you watch Anybody here, you can jump into Bendis' shit any second. Yeah, and you can start immediately with Bendis' stuff. Or you can read Born Again. That's a great one, too. I'm trying to remember where that, that part is where Mysterio decides he's going to commit suicide that, in that, Spider-Man. Boy, that is the... He's back now, but I know. But that is like that's close to the Kevin Smith story. It's like, so good, and like it leads right into the Bendis shit. Yeah, and that's how I read it. And there's also uh, you could also just start right with Wade's mm-hmm. run on it too. Oh. That's great. That there's, shit is excellent. Yeah, it so is so much good because because when I say that like he's been 
outed the whole world thinks Matt Murdock is Daredevil, but I'm still a lawyer. That's how I don't make money as Daredevil. <laughs> I make money as Matt Murdock. Why doesn't he get a Kickstarter? He should, <laughs> he should get a Dare, yes, a Daredevil <clears throat> Kickstarter. But how to conduct himself in the courtroom when he's not allowed to practice law as Daredevil and still fuck over Hydra mm. is so fucking cool. Yeah. If only, man, superheroes just have Patreons in the, in the Marvel <laughs> Universe. Like, it's a different world. All right. I'll work, I'll work on Sundays if we hit the uh, $50,000 <laughs> barrier. So, yeah, Dave, what I'm saying is you need to read Daredevil. Okay? All right. All right. So, that is the superhero spotlight for Diamond, the week. Diamond Dog Dave Dare. Dave, 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 Dave Desmond. Dave Daryl Desmond Diamond Dog. <laughs> Uh, so last week's question of the week, as we ask every week to our wonderful community to answer in the forums, was what R-rated superhero, or what R-rated comic book film would you like to see happen? I would say Wolverine. Mm-hmm. With those claws. Yeah. Just let him do shit Almost with makes it. no sense for him to be in a PG-13 movie. Yeah. His only power is <laughs> stabbing. Well, everyone stabbing loved the, the, the game that he did where yeah, he could actually fantastic. cut off people's heads. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so Sir Squinky said, Garth Ennis is the boys. You just couldn't yes. make an adaptation of that without it being R-rated. It's ultra-violent, ultra-graphic, foul-mouthed awesomeness all and, the way and through. Simon, it's the only comic that stars Simon Pegg all yeah. the time. <laughs> they clearly made it like, well, when you make a movie, this no, is he, Simon No, he wrote Pegg. the foreword. Oh, in, that's in, right. In the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the collected version, like, he asked if it was okay, and I'm like, fuck yeah, it's okay. Why can't Simon, Simon Pegg needs to get this to happen? And if they, if they ever make a movie without Simon Pegg, I'll be so yeah. upset because it's so good. Uh, yeah, Simon Pegg asked for too much money. Uh, all right. Uh, annual gift man who lives on the moon says Jeff Darrow and the Wachowskis Shaolin Cowboy. The world needs more R-rated animated films. I forgot the Wachowskis did a comic called Shaolin Cowboy. Like, I didn't know that. They also did something called Frankenstein something or other. I need to, mm-hmm. This was back when they were the Wachowski brothers. I need to... Cause it was, it was Watch a, it, gender pronoun it was, Nazi. It was a big deal in the mid-2000s because... They were writing comics and they made appearances mm-hmm. at comic conventions. And so, like, my goal, my goal is to get Lana on here. She lives in the city. Yeah, oh, um, that'd be so good. But we could we could ask her if they ripped off Invisibles knowingly. But um, <laughs> but no, it was a big deal at comic conventions. Like the Wachowskis are at, like in public. Like here are photographs of the Wachowskis who tried their best not to. The they don't want to do like fucking Letterman. I think. And they don't want to uh, do a Good Morning America, well, but they, they uh, both be the, on podcasts yeah. and like talk to people. They're also the red carpet. They yeah, they either. hate that shit. They don't hate this kind of discussion. I, I you got everybody off mic. Everybody should watch Lana Wachowski's like coming out thing. The the thing she did at Glad talking oh, about yeah, her transgender really experience. It's it's amazing. And one of my favorite bits in it is that she mentions that like she has some friends who. Like all these Hollywood friends that like don't know about her transition or don't totally understand it. Meanwhile, she says she has all these friends in the gay community, in the LGBT community, who have no idea she directed the three <laughs> Matrix movies. <laughs> they know all this stuff about me other than that I wrote and directed the Matrix. Uh, uh, I had one question asked the Wachowskis. It would be, when's Cloud Atlas 2 coming? But it is, it is weird. Like, <laughs> it is, it's not like I don't find it unnerving when someone automatically becomes a woman and like, there's not questions there. Mm-hmm. But I'm such a nerd. Like, no, that's like the fucking yeah, be like, 150th be of my questions. Cloud Atlas, just tell me. Yeah. Like, I need, <laughs> Give me the so, true true. So, Give me the true true. 
There's so many things I need to know more than like. What gender are you and who do you like to fuck? Yeah. All right. Uh, Raccoon Hale says, I kind of hope they do an X-Force movie that is rated R, preferably Ooh. with Cable involved. Actually, just make Cable and Deadpool R-rated with for violence and jokes. Cable and Deadpool is one of those things that pulled me back into comics. Mm-hmm. I love Cable and Deadpool to death. Uh, I said it last week. I don't think Dead there A would be a Deadpool movie. B Deadpool would be rated R if it was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Has Punisher it's, it's, ever it's not the, been R? Huh? Has Punisher ever not been R? I know they like had no, to do no. They were been two rated R movies, yeah. um, and that was before yeah. the Marvel Studios. You know, I wonder if Marvel Disney Studios purchased. would have let that happen. They never would have let doubt, that happen. Yeah. It, they, at all. And like so, the idea that like. Fox has these... They do have a couple franchises that would be great with a rated R rating, and they can happen that way. And, and maybe... I, I do hope they just open whatever spirit barrier needs to happen where that, like, is the Marvel Universe and Disney doesn't have to take any of the... No, that was Fox! Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's just write checks forever. Uh, all right. Hitler me this, Batman says... <laughs> I want an HBO slash AMC series based on Southern Bastards. Dude. Show run by... Sorry, I read all of that this weekend. Uh, I, okay. finished, I finished that whole run. Pretty good. It's fucking story. Right? Uh, I didn't... I was sort of upset... Well, I don't uh, want to spoil anything, let, but let like... Me, give me a chance to read it. Sorry. Sort of upset that I didn't take... It, it switches character yeah. perspectives, but the character perspective is fucking awesome, and because... Aaron is from the same place I am. Like, I get it. It's so... Well, yeah, uh, the boss is the... Yeah, U.S. boss. All right. Uh, But he also says, show run by Vince Gilligan or David Milch. Now, I think think David Milch would be the man for Southern Bastards. Like, he... uh, I I, I don't want to compromise Better Call Saul. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then stick with David Milch. Like, have you you seen... You have Amazon Instant, right, Dave? No, I huh. stopped using it because I'm not. I'm not ordering anything on Amazon anymore. Yeah, you, you need to watch your dollars. I understand, but but Deadwood, all of Deadwood is neat uh, HD on it, it's like or on HBO. It's go. the greatest ever, Dave. You can have my fucking password. Jesus Christ, De- yeah, Deadwood but, is so good. Like right. it is, but the, but like it, like I'm saying this out loud, and I shouldn't. Uh, Laser Time is a business now. Uh, we should all Laser Time should have. Passwords to all these things that we all share. Hmm. Not and cancel all our shit. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm not editing this out either because all like, right. yeah. Lawful Waffle says Grew the Wanderer, uh, the Sergio Aragones uh, of parody of Conan. Uh, sure, it could be PG 13, but I think an R rated comedy in the vein of Dale and, Tr- and Tucker versus Evil <laughs> would be that perfect. Get Kevin James with twin katanas <laughs> bumbling around Mongolia and picking fights based on his own incompetence. No! You know, I wish it existed, but I don't know if I would watch it, says, <laughs> says Lawful Waffle. Uh, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on the record. Kevin James is one of the most underrated comedic Completely performers agree. of our time. He's great. King of Queens, great show. All right. I don't know if I'll say that, but he's... Uh, I, Mr. Long Island here. Like he's he a can. gifted performer, uh, period... Love that guy. Movie Brat says, Bitch Planet. It's a feminist take on the female, uh, f- uh, the women in prison films, and really, given the content, it can't get a PG-13. It needs to be R-rated and, and, get, and, and hire Robert Rodriguez to direct. This is tailor-made for him. Or better yet, Quentin Tarantino. He'll just go old-school special effects as opposed to CGI. And, yeah, the, the first issue of Bitch Planet has, like, so many vaginas. Like, so, well... And, I, and by that, I mean, like, that disgust you. Well, hate? it's R-rated vaginas, as in, like, you know, Harry, Harry, oh, Bush Harry, and yeah. the Bush. 
defined like sideways smiles? No. No. You only see the sprouts. You don't see the the beef. And well, that's the, that's our that's our rated vaginas as opposed to NC seventeen. The beef and cheddar. <laughs> and lastly, Digital Man twenty nine says irredeemable. Oh, Lots of violence in this comic. I'm on volume eight or ten, uh, eight of ten, and loving it. It's a great take so on the good. Superman type character who goes insane and takes it out of the people first. So good. And I was thinking about that the other week, like how Superman is so arrogant. He never fucking thinks about like. Yeah, why can I fly? Well, also and that, like... Why can I fly again? I thought um, the point of it, to me, it was... Mark. It was written by Mark Wade, and Mark Wade is the biggest Superman fan alive. Mm-hmm. And his point was that Superman has the patience of a saint, mm-hmm. and anyone else with Superman's powers yes. without his character would go, like, after a while, like, even the nicest guy would be like, fuck everybody, like... I was being nice, but I'm going to just kill all of you. Yeah, like, I hate you. Yes, I'm better than you. But 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 part of it was when they, like, how does he fly? Like, he doesn't even realize this, but he's vibrating mo- molecules around him so fast. Uh, but <laughs> wow. that also means, when, when they brought it up, it was like, but that also means he doesn't realize what he's actually capable of. Mm. He just, like, I just want to fly right now, so I'll manipulate the entire uh, <laughs> molecular structure of the universe. You imagine what else he could do if he knew that's what he was wow. doing? Wow. Yeah. Like, that is. So I don't know if so Playboy... Irredeemable is one of my favorite things I don't in know the if Playboy still has a channel, but they should get, they sex, they should get sex criminals. <laughs> uh, it's happening. I yeah. think they do still have a channel. They, they absolutely still have a channel. And a website and a magazine, despite us not having any need to yeah. know what... Any of those needs. Uh, uh, all right. This week's question of the week, slightly inspired by Daredevil. This is a simple one. Would you rather have super hearing or super sight? And by that, and and I mean, you would be, uh, you know, just super hearing versus super sight. I, don't know, I like the like you have to sacrifice. You can have super hearing but can't see, or okay, yeah. super hearing, super hearing but blind. Would you rather be blind with super hearing or deaf with super sight? It's still like either way, the question makes sense because uh-huh. like uh, Daredevil can't see, has super hearing. But he, in addition to that, he also has sonar, proximity location, in the dark, mm-hmm. uh, and um, a lie detector sense. When he starts yeah. realizing, what does sight give you? What well, give you? if it would be able to see Oh radio. my god, that guy is coming! <laughs> if I could see, well, if I could see as far off, it, so it sounds like you say hearing, but I'm going to say... Sure. Uh, I'm going to say sight because... Why? What would you say? Well, number one, I've never had great eyesight, so that would be nice. <laughs> and... I can watch a drive-in movie. From a my- friend. Well, one thing I've been thinking about lately is a friend of ours who I won't name. Uh, they mentioned that they got LASIK. Uh, they got LASIK a while ago, and one of the things they never expected was showering with good eyesight. Of just like, oh, this is what my naked body <laughs> looks like in the shower. I've never seen this before. No, uh, I, I, but I, I started wearing my glasses, and I could see a uh, men and women, mostly men, checking me out on the subway. <laughs> And two, like, these ironic shirts I wear to be like, eh, fuck you. Like, I could never see what people's reactions were uh-huh. to, like, a shirt with a really dirty word on it. And, like, oh, oh, goodness, people <laughs> fucking hate me. Uh, but if I could just see as, if I could just see as well as, like, Legolas in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> who's just like, there's four orcs on the eight miles away up there. Like, that would be great. Or if I could... If I have, like, Superman sight to be able to see, like, radio waves and, like, radiation. But like it's only if you're in a, an aggressive standpoint, Hank. Mm-hmm. Like, we're heroes right now. Uh-huh. We should be in a defensive standpoint. <laughs> and that's where the hearing 
becomes. Wait, you never put this in a superhero perspective. You're just at. Like, I'm putting it in a superhero perspective. Look, Hank if never I did, if I have supervision, which is my choice. Yes. I I don't necessarily have to be a superhero. I would just no, love to have you supervision. Be I a, don't want. I don't want to sacrifice my vision. You'd be a peeping tom. I'm too scared. I'm too would, scared of being blind. You can also see through the code of Bloodborne. Yeah. And... I would miss music. I mean, I miss <laughs> music and and stand up comedy and all these things. You never, but... never hearing forever. You can watch. You can never watch TV again if you're blind. Yeah. FYI, that's very important. I could always. Just, I always. I already put subtitles on everything. I'm already. <laughs> I already don't have the greatest hearing. I'd say like just well, noticing this. I have selective hearing. Mm. I think. I think yes, I, you do. I just tune things out, and I. I do say what a lot when people are talking to me. I think you're doing Stone Cold almost every time really? I ask you a direct question. No, it's just like I was. I was thinking about something. My internal monologue has overpowered my own hearing. <laughs> well, I think my own brain is too strong. That's the thing. <laughs> But then again, I listen to too many pod- I listen to so many podcasts that's all sound. Boy, I'd lose yeah. all those podcasts. But no, I would go super sight. If and this isn't even this isn't even saying like is X ray vision part of the deal? I don't know. If it were, that'd be a nice bonus too. Though. Write it up. LaserTimePodcast.com no, slash forum. Yeah, it's in the forums. There'll be a link to it on this week's episode page. You know, I read a recent I I was reminded of there was a Superboy comic I read as a little kid as a as a teen uh, where Superboy got X-ray glasses and because he was a teen he was looking at people naked all the time and as a kid I was like oh that's, that's cool awesome. like yeah that seems so, so the superhero I'm not kidding the superpower I envisioned for myself uh, was the ability to fuck people under the portable which is where we had classes because I was in Florida that's and a it's portable. A, that's what they would call the it's, little it's room. It's Florida that like yeah. like oh we never envisioned this much kids in a place with nothing to do. So instead of like all the they recess wouldn't yards, build they something. wouldn't build more school. They would just put trailers. Uh, yep, they just attach a trailer everywhere. And make it so a it's like you have a, a school that's half schools, like a like a fucking midget baseball diamond wow. and a bunch of portables mm-hmm. where people actually learn things. <sighs> yeah, and one of my abilities was the ability to charm women into taking their. Pants off. All right. Underneath the okay. portable. You know, I'm not kidding. Should. I just admitted it. We <laughs> should take a break. Uh, and by break, I mean a break for a whole week. Uh, and we'll see you next week when we're all we're all caught up on Daredevil. But it's a time I'm for plugs. Sober. I've been too drunk on the last couple episodes. Uh, Video Game Apocalypse is out this week. We're talking top five uh, games inspired by Twin Peaks. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, because uh, there's some news there. Uh, listen to that show. Uh, no more show. No, Laser Time this week is unofficial sequels. Uh, a really fun episode. You yeah. want to hank um, about... It wouldn't happen now. Like People are like, is this an unofficial sequel? I'm like, it just wouldn't happen now. Legally, like... They yeah, like, legally, that, like, it, it wouldn't happen these days. They would either go for the sequel, or they'd hold on to the rights and allow no one to do a sequel. <laughs> um, it, it, the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe being the only exception. Closest thing. Yeah, where, like, it went to another company. Uh, but, like, it wouldn't happen. But, like, the, the original Hobbit trilogy, the original Bond movies, the Lady Terminator, Aliens 2 from Earth... Jaws 5, Cruel wow. Jaws. Jesus. Like, all this, this weird There's shit. There's a lot you never heard of, guys. Uh, all this stuff. And, and, and please, tell a friend all that. And then and Dave and I streamed a bunch of yeah. shit this week. Uh, we Dave is a big, stupid baseball fan. Yeah. I hate baseball. but We played some fun baseball games. Because why? Ninja, uh, because the, the baseball season just started. Played, what, Ninja Baseball, Weirdest Batman? Weirdest baseball games. Ninja Baseball, Batman. Diabolical Pitch. Yeah. 
and um, <laughs> Nicktoons MLP. Uh, yeah, wow. we, also, we played Fast Seven re- yeah. or Fast and Furious YouTube. game com slash Laser Time Network. Yeah, people. and uh, Lost via Domus. Oh, because, and, uh, and if the, this is like we're coming in the, uh, into the wire, we gotta fucking get these. You gotta get this taxes paid. Uh, uh, the IRL commentary cartoon pack. Uh, Jesus Christ, I'm too drunk to plug this. You want to do it, Hank? Well, yeah, it's. Uh, all right, so we, we could use some monetary help from you guys, but you're going to get something cool for it. So we recorded commentaries for... Ro- Tell them you've seen the physical gift, because you have. It, I have seen the physical gift. It's still secret, but it's really great. You will be very yes. happy you got it. It so. exists. It's not fake. All right, so we recorded me, Chris, Dave, and Mr. Michael Grimm. Recorded commentaries for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, Space Jam, and Cool World. If you give $0.99, cent, or a dollar to four ninety nine, you will get the commentary pack to listen to along with Roger Rabbit and Space Jam. If you give $5 or more, you will get the Cool World as well. And if you give $10 or more, you will get a physical uh, prize, which is really cool. Mailed to you. So give it through PayPal. There's a link to it on the front page for lasertimepodcast.com. And also, uh, Dave, just quickly for you, there were what the most recent cheap podcast yeah, we're about all about our Wrestlemania adventures yeah. and there's a Wrestlemania video you guys should watch yeah. too I forgot to plug that uh, it's the most watched video streams. we've ever put up and I'm absolutely disappointed yeah. in all of you for that for just and, for that success and also VG Empire this week was the Dave one. Oh yeah speaking mm-hmm. uh, uh, one through three so yeah all that oh there's so many great things happening on Laser Time right now so thanks again for listening until next week when we will be the men without fear Excelsior! Excelsior.